Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 34 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il. I would like to remind the listeners, please, if you have any questions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Email me with all your questions and any topics you would, you know, rather me talk about. Uh, and thank you all so much for listening. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward all of us uh, for trying to learn more and, and, and discuss more the, the religion of Islam, our religion. And thank to all the non-Muslims as well for listening. I really appreciate it. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you more knowledge regarding what you're seeking. Now, today's topic is, is something that we all do. It's something that we all do, which is sinning, sins. Every single human being. We sin, no problem. Now, how do you handle the sin? We'll talk about that. But every single one of us sin. Now, sins are, are divided into two categories. Major sins and minor sins. We try as much as we can to avoid the major sins. We'll talk about that in detail in a little bit. But before I talk about sins in general, I will talk about something that's also related to, 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 to sins, which is our actions. Any action we do belongs to one of five categories so let's discuss the first category which is mandatory actions what is that these are actions that are obligatory upon muslims they have to do if you don't do them knowing that they're obligatory so these are the conditions now if you don't do them knowing that they're obligatory and if you don't do them while you're capable of doing them, whether mentally or physically, you are a sinner. Most likely a major sinner because when mandatory, when you're disobeying or you're not doing mandatory action, you're basically committing a major sin. Now, the mandatory action is something that's given to us by Allah as a command we have to do, like praying five times a day. Again, we're talking about the capable and those who know, unless, you know, you were uh, born and raised on an island, isolated island. Every single Muslim knows that they have to pray five times a day. But again, we're talking about extreme um, cases here. If you don't know, then you're not a sinner. You should seek knowledge, though. But let's say that you have, you know, and if you're mentally incapable or you're physically incapable, well, if you're physically incapable, for example, of praying, Allah actually gives you beautiful solutions. You can literally pray with your eyes. You could pray while you sleep. You could pray while you're sitting. Depends on the severity of your, you know, physical case, right? Now, if you do not follow those mandatory, if you don't pray five times a day, you're a sinner and a major sinner. If you don't fast Ramadan, these are all mandatory actions that a Muslim must do. If you don't pray Ramadan, if you don't, um, I'm sorry, if you do not fast Ramadan every year, you're a major sinner. If you do not perform Hajj pilgrimage while you're capable, you're a major sinner. You know, if you don't pay your mandatory zakah, the mandatory charity, 2.5% of your savings, you are a major sinner. Let's say you have the money, you know about it, you're just cheap, you are cheap, or you just, you know, choose not to. You are a major sinner. Uh, for women who's, who's not wearing scarves, their hijab, you're a major sinner. For men who don't cover certain parts, who show, you know, their, their, their upper body, like, you know, their belly and belly button, whatever, you're a major sinner because a man should cover up until between the, the knee and the belly button, right? You're a major sinner because you're sh doing something Allah told you what? Uh, not uh, Well, this is, goes into the forbidden. But like when Allah tells you to cover yourself, right? You should cover yourself. That's a mandatory action. When Allah tells you to do something, wear hijab, you wear the hijab. When Allah tells you treat your parents right, you, need to tr you have to treat your parents right. You know, and, and kindly. When Allah tells you to do something in the Quran or the Prophet affirms it in the hadith or sunnah, you have to do it. Not performing or not fulfilling a mandatory action makes you a sinner and for certain cases a major sinner. Okay, agreed? So that's the first category. The second category is forbidden actions. Now, and it's obviously the opposite. Forbidden actions are when Allah tells you do not drink alcohol, yet you drink it, 
you committed a major sin because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told you to not drink. Forbidden action. Committing uh, zina, premarital sex. Again, same thing. Um, um, eating pork, uh, playing uh, gambling. All these things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have forbidden on us, eating uh, non-halal meat or eating uh, the dead animal's meat. These are all forbidding upon Muslims. So Muslims who do them, knowing that they're forbidding, number one. Number two, if they're not forced, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. So if you're not forced to do these things, and if you know them, you are sinner. And again, for certain cases, you are a major sinner. Now, when I say about forcing, let's say, for example, you're in the desert and you're about to die. And there's only alcohol around. And you're thirsty and you're about to die out of thirst. What should you do? You should actually drink from the alcohol. If there's nothing else available and you're about to die, you drink from the alcohol what keeps you alive. Same thing for pork. You're about to die. You're hungry. You need to survive. Okay, go ahead. What keeps you alive? Allah allows it. But do not abuse that. Because some people abuse that. And, and, and we, I, I think I, I have full discussions about like, when we get into the topic of like riba and usury, because usury is a major sin and Allah forbade us from doing usury, right? But then certain people say in the West, for example, in, in, in America and in, in the UK, oh, well, you know, I need to uh, have... Uh, uh, it's it's it, the the rule of necessities allow uh, forbidden things uh, apply on me because this is a saying in in, in Islam necessities uh, necessities uh, allow the forbidden things allow us to do forbidden things like the desert situation but some people take this up to the extreme and say for example oh I want to have a house I want to own a house right. For my family, because I don't want them to be, you know, living in a tiny house or a tiny apartment. So I want to buy a bigger house. Now, buying a house, usually in the West, involves uh, dealing with usury. You're, you're actually paying interest on the house. Paying interest is a major sin. Major, major, major sin, right? You're doing it, and you're saying, oh, because I want my children to have a house. Well, that's not actually a necessity. Necessity means your life depends on it. Technically, if you're rent a house or an apartment and your children grow up and they have their own lives you're literally not killing any of them right we're talking about when we say necessities we say your life depends on it so that's why the argument against like oh usury and whatever is is by majority of the scholars they know it's a very weak argument and you cannot apply it on this scenario because you can rent and your life will be normal oh it's going to be a little bit less convenient but your life does not depend on it that's what it means by necessities your life needs to, de to depend on it. Um, for example, somebody walks into your house, puts, puts a gun into your head and say, tells you, say you're not a Muslim anymore or say bad stuff about Allah. And that actually happened to one of the companions. One time, one of, uh, uh, of the companions had his uh, army. He, he was a leader of an army coming back from a battle and he was surrounded by the enemy or they were going to a battle, one, one, one or the other. And they were surrounded by the enemy and the leader of the enemy said, I will spare your life and your soldiers' lives lives, if you say blasphemous things about your Lord, if you say blasphemous things about your messenger, if you say blasphemous things about Islam in general. So he looked at his army and he started saying these things. And then he went back to the Prophet ﷺ and he was like, I feel horrible. Like, I feel like I just cursed out Islam and Allah and I don't know how to live with myself. And the Prophet ﷺ says, did you mean what you said? He said, no, I was forced. He said, you did, didn't the, the, the enemy spare your lives, all of you? The, the companion said, yes, O Prophet of Allah. Then the Prophet says, then you actually gained rewards by saving the lives of your soldiers. That's it. It's simple. So again, committing forbidding actions, if you're not forced to it and you have fully, full knowledge of it, you become a major sinner. Other than that, if you're forced, then you're not. Allah knows best. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not hold you accountable. So now the second category is forbidding action. Stuff that we are not allowed to do. If we do them, not uh, willingly and with knowledge, then we are sinners. And for the most case, major sinners depends on, you know, the forbidding uh, thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us not to do. Number three is uh, recommended actions. 
<clears throat> or likable actions. You could put it in the same category. So recommended or likable actions are stuff that you don't have to do. They're not mandatory. Yet if you do them, you get rewards. But if you do not do them, you're not a sinner. You do not get any sins. Like, for example, sunnah prayers. You know, the extra bonus prayers that we pray after the mandatory ones. Now, the mandatory prayers, the five daily prayers, you have to do. These are mandatory actions. These fall under the category of mandatory. You have to do. Not doing them makes you a sinner, major sinner when it comes to prayers. But now the sunnah prayers, the couple bonus rakahs that you do, not all of us do, right? So when you do it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards you for it. It's recommended. You should do it, but it's not mandatory. You don't have to, right? You should, but you don't have to. Likeable. It's more preferable if you do it. Uh, like uh, like sleeping on your right side. The Prophet ﷺ used to sleep on his right side. You don't have to do it. It's not mandatory. But because you're doing it to follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, you get rewards for it. You make wudu before you go to sleep every single night. Not mandatory. But it's very recommended and you get rewards for it. So any recommended action, it's any action that you don't have to do, right? But it's recommended for you to do. When you do it, you get more rewards. When you do not do it, you're not a sinner. Don't worry about it, right? So that's category number three. Category number four is the opposite. Category number four is disliked actions. Stuff that it's not recommended. You're not supposed to do. But here's the difference. If you don't do it, if you do not do it, you actually gain rewards. If you choose not to do certain things because you're trying to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it's not recommended, you get rewards. But if you do them, look at this. Look at the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're not a sinner. It's something that, because it's not forbidden. Allah will only hold you accountable for forbidden things. Stuff that him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the Prophet sallallahu told us not to do. Right? But stuff that is like dislikable. Dislikable. That's not forbidding upon us. You shouldn't do. Like, for example, I'll give you an example, right? Um, walking into the bathroom. Uh, we're supp- Muslims should walk into the bathroom and say this little dua. Oh Allah, protect me from the male and the female jinn, right? If you don't say that and if you walk in and you know it, but you're like, ah, too lazy, like you really need to go in. And you were supposed to walk in with our left foot to the bathroom. Uh, but if we walk in with your right, not to defy Allah, he's, he's a big difference. You're just too lazy to do it. You're not a sinner. You just committed a dislikable act. You're supposed to do it. Right? Or my, my bad. You're not supposed to do it. You're not supposed to do it this way. You're not supposed to walk into the bathroom without doing this. Yet, you did it. So, you're not a sinner. As long as you didn't do it on purpose to defy Allah's commands, right? But at the same time, you're not, uh, but if you avoid it, by what? Going into the bathroom with your left foot, making that dua, then it becomes likable, it becomes recommended, and you get bonuses for it. I mean, bonus rewards for it, you know? So any dislikable, there are a lot of things that are dislikable that you shouldn't do. Arguing too much, for example. Arguing too much. It will lead to a problem. So if you... You're not, you keep arguing. Some people walk away from the argument. This is recommended. You get rewards for it if you're doing it for the sake of Allah. But some people just do keep arguing because in the heat of the argument, you know, you want to prove your point. It's very dislikable to continue arguing because it will cause problems. But as long as you're not cursing people out, you're not, you know, backbiting or doing any of this thing, then you're committing a dislikable action and you don't get sins for arguing too much. You get sins for certain things that you could say that could be forbidden, like backbiting or, you know, cursing someone out, you know. But if you're just arguing without all those things, you're not a sinner. It's dislikable in Islam, but you're not a sinner. You know what I mean? All right. So that's category number four. Category number five is permitted stuff. It's basically everything else now. Like you're allowed to wear shirts and pants. Permitted. You can do it. There's... It's basically neutral. Permitted is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed us to do. It's not haram and it's not recommended. And it's, it's not none of the five, no, not in the four previous categories. It's not mandatory and it's not forbidden. 
It's not likable or dislikable. It's just something. Drinking water, for example. It's permitted. You can drink water. Nobody, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not tell you not to drink water. You can eat, right? You could dress up uh, decent clothes. There's no, it's permitted stuff. Anything else you do, you know? Talking on your phone. I mean, uh, it depends on the conversation. But talking on your phone for business or, you know, your work or talking, calling family. Actually, calling family to check up on them, it falls under the, uh, depends. Uh, but if you're just calling them on a regular, falls under likable acts and then you get bonuses for it. So that's called the permitted action. This is the, the fifth and the final category. Stuff that you're allowed to do. You're allowed to walk in the street. You're allowed to take a walk in the park. As long as they're not involving any bad stuff, you're good. You don't get rewards for it. You don't get sins for it. It's just neutral stuff. Got it? So these are the five categories that any action we do will or should belong to one of them. Right? Any action we do could uh, would belong to one of these five categories. So now, knowing the categories and knowing the, the whole sins and, 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 uh, and the rewards when it comes to them, let's talk about sins in general now. We need to talk about the concept of, of sins. Sins are bad stuff that you do. Sins are stuff that are they pile up on you as a negative. It's not positive. Positive is rewards or good deeds or hasanat, we call it in Arabic. Sins are the opposite. We call it sayyat. It's the bats, bad deeds that you do. They pile up on you. Right? Now, sins are, uh, we said before, they're divided into two categories, right? Major and minor. Okay. Now, here's the, the thing that we all need to know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives if he wants all sins. He's willing to forgive any sin if you die upon it. Except for shirk. We talked about, we had actually a whole, a whole episode describing and talking about what is shirk in Islam. It was like one of the early episodes, I think, I believe. Shirk is basically associating someone with Allah. Not declaring or not admitting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only God. There's no one with him. He has no family, no, ch no children, no parents, no wives, no spouses, nothing. He's the only God. And then, depending on the period of time, admitting also who is the prophet of that time. So for us right now, admitting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only God, testifying that, and then testifying that the Prophet our Prophet, Prophet Muhammad is his final messenger because he is the final messenger. He's, there are no messengers after him, so that's how you do your you know, testimony of faith. But if you die upon shirk, if you again shirk is associating someone sharaka in Arabic sharaka this the word means associating or associates. You do not associate anyone with Allah subhanahu wa taala in terms of worship or in terms of like acknowledge acknowledgement. If you don't do this, Allah could forgive any other sin. But if you do this, if you die upon this, this is an unforgivable sin. And Allah mentions this mentions this in the Quran plenty of times, plenty of times. So now, so we got that out of the way. Shirk, if you die upon it. So that's why people who become Muslims, who revert to Islam, inshallah, they're definitely saved at least from eternal hellfire. You know, like they're, they're saved from that. Alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps us on the right path. Because this is unforgivable sin. Like you don't get out of the sin. Basically, if you die upon it, there is no. And here's the thing, subhanAllah, it's very interesting. The uncle of our Prophet ﷺ was helping them a lot when they were Muslims, but he was not a Muslim himself. So our Prophet ﷺ, Abu Talib, our Prophet ﷺ went to him and tried to convince him to become a Muslim, but he was too proud. He was too proud. He wanted to stay as a pagan because of the name of the family. He was following the religion of his parents and grandparents. And he had a prestigious uh, status in the community. And that community was a, basically a pagan community. So he was worshipping idols and he could not um, break that image that they have of him by becoming a Muslim because becoming a Muslim means you're humble. And Islam at the time was this underdog kind of religion. It was just like still forming, you know. So he was help. He loved the Prophet He loved his own nephew and he was helping him a lot. He helped the Muslims a lot immensely 
Look how he was the nicest human being, basically. But when it came to Islam, he was not willing to budge. He said, I'm not going to become a Muslim. Now, on his deathbed, the Prophet ﷺ was trying to convince him so hard to convert to Islam so he can, so the Prophet ﷺ could intercede on his behalf on the day of judgment. Like, say something, say, just say the testimony of faith so I can help you out with your sins. Even though when you say it, you're basically sinless uh, the moment you say it, right? And you mean it, of course. And he was about to say it, believe it or not. The Prophet realized he was about to say it, but then he saw that the other people in the room who started like igniting like uh, Abu Jahl, those people, they were like, are you crazy? The pagans, the other like disbelievers who were, you know, enemies of the Prophet, the Prophet they're like, are you gonna fall? Are you gonna disobey the the religion of your parents and grandparents? Are you gonna, you know, uh, you know, shame them, like you know, or, or, or like you know, you know, like shame yourself by becoming a Muslim? This new religion? Are you crazy? Like, and they started talking to him, and they did talk to him out. They did talk him out of it, and he did not become a Muslim. And the Prophet says, I was go I'm gonna make dua for you anyway. I'm gonna make I'm gonna ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you anyway. Now he died as a disbeliever, remember that. He did not become a Muslim. So the Prophet said, I'm gonna make I'm gonna still do the supplication for you. I'm gonna still ask Allah to forgive you. But then Allah reveals an, a, a verse in the Quran. Uh, you do not guide whomever you want. He's talking to the Prophet. I do. Do not make dua for someone who died as a, sh a mushrik because he's not going to be forgiven. I'm willing to forgive anything in the world, not shirk. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, look at the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even for the Prophet, he did not do it. He's like, he could have been like, oh, that's he's one of my prophets, he's one of my messengers. Let me hook him up. You know, let me let me give him a pass. Let me give his uncle a pass. He loved his uncle so much, our Prophet. So Allah could have been like, let me give his uncle a path, a pass. Or Allah could have actually helped his uncle to say the shahada, but Allah is the ultimate just. Even for the Prophet. So none of us would say here and today, well, his uncle, the Prophet's uncle, was given a pass. So why why can't we get a pass if we die upon shirk? Allah would never allow that. He's the ultimate just. He's the nobody. He like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's here's the crazy thing about, you know, like usually when you intercede on someone's behalf, right? You just can intercede on their behalf, uh make dua for them and do stuff for them, you know, no consequences. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you can't. This is an ayat al-Kursi. Allah says you cannot even ask forgiveness for someone else unless I allow it. Even for prophets and messengers. Allah is just. His justice applies on all, no matter your status. Even though he loves the Prophet more than any of us, but still, he will still be fair to everyone. SubhanAllah. Anyway. Now, so this is with the issue of uh, being uh, mushrik or dying upon shirk. That's the sin, cannot be forgiven. Now, the question begs is like, is being a sinner makes you a disbeliever? And the answer, if you're a Muslim and you commit a sin, whether minor or major, does it make you a disbeliever? Does it turn you into a non-Muslim all, all of a sudden? The answer, of course, is no. We all sin. Now, one thing you could do that could actually takes you out of the fold of Islam, makes you actually revert, go back out, outside of Islam. You go out outside of the religion of Islam. If you believe, you make yourself believe that this sin that you're committing, know that it's a sin, it's okay for you to commit it. Like, for example, drinking alcohol. If you drink alcohol, you're committing definitely a major sin, right? Okay. If you drink alcohol knowing that you're sinning, Knowing that what you're doing is wrong, it's a it's a big deal. You're a sinner. You still get the bad deeds, whatever. But you are still a Muslim. Now, if you drink alcohol and you tell yourself this is halal, uh, yeah, why? I don't even know why this was. No, it should be halal, and I'm gonna deal with it as halal. Some people do that. It's from it's permitted. It's allowed. You tell that, and you tell other people that, then you are not a Muslim anymore because you're defying the rules of Allah. Do you see the do you see the scope here? The magnitude of what you're doing. Committing a sin is one thing. It's okay. 
You can repent from any sin. You can repent from any sin. My, my, my dear brothers and sisters, you can repent from any, including shirk. Allah does not forgive shirk if you die upon it. But you could actually be a Muslim in this life. That means repenting technically automatically from shirk. Anything you can repent from. Anything, sincerely, of course. Now, here's the problem. If you commit the sin and not willing to repent and saying that this is how it's supposed to be, you're defying your creator. <laughs> Do you understand? You're defying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says this is a sin, and you say, no, it's not. Oh, you are not a Muslim anymore. And if you, you could repent from that too by becoming a Muslim all over again. And by the way, when you get out of the fold of Islam, anything good you did in life gets wiped clean. Same as if you were a revert or a non-Muslim and you become a Muslim, everything bad you've done is wiped clean. It's a clean slate. Unfortunately, for those who leave Islam, it's also a clean slate, but not in a good way. Because anything good you've done gets wiped out. Nothing good stays in your book. Now, when you become, um, well, let's say you repent and you become a Muslim again, Okay, you build up again. Any sins you did while you're not a Muslim gets, uh, gets you know, goes away. But you still have to build up all over again. So that's the thing, right? So again, committing sins and saying that they're not haram, they're, they're, they're permissible, then you're speaking on behalf of Allah or you're actually defying Allah when Allah says this is forbidden, that makes you not a Muslim. But committing the sin itself, knowing it's a sin, or not, maybe you don't know that it's a sin, but you do not make it halal upon yourself. You do not make it permissible on purpose. You think, oh, doing this is fine, I think. You should, number one, you should ask. But if you commit a sin not knowing, knowledge is key, my dear brothers and sisters, knowledge is key. Not knowing that it's a sin, that's of course fine. And if you're, uh, and if you're committing a sin, knowing it's a sin and you feel bad about it, Right? Or you don't even have to feel bad about it, my bad. If you know it's a sin, but you know that, you know, whatever that you do, you know, you, ju you justify it to yourself. You're still a sinner. You are a sinner, but you do not leave the fold of Islam. The only way you could actually become a non-Muslim is if you say knowingly, oh, this sin, no, I think it's permissible. I should do it. It shouldn't be a sin, you know? So if you drink alcohol, for example, and you believe that it's halal, it's not a sin, it shouldn't be a sin, then you're not a Muslim anymore. But if you know it is, yeah, you're, you committed a major sin, but you're still a Muslim and you can repent from it. Now, when somebody commits adultery, like the premarital sex, right? They, when they, um, during the action, they're Muslims. But their level of faith drops drastically to probably zero. You're still a Muslim while you're committing adultery. But you're not on the level of faith. All your faith drops. The level of faith drops during the action. Maybe you could repent after, you feel bad about it or whatever. Then your level of faith get, rises again. Now, when it comes to... Um, and we talked about this actually in an episode. We said that not every Muslim is a believer, but every believer must be a Muslim. So when you're committing a major sin, during while you're drinking the alcohol, you're not a believer. You're not a believer. Your belief is just dropped to zero while you're committing it. Afterwards, you can rise it back up, raise it back up, you know, by, you know, repentance and, and asking Allah for forgiveness. But you still have the bare minimum, which is, you're being a Muslim, right? Now, let's talk about the expiations of sins. Expiations of sins is very, subhanAllah, is, they're all mentioned in, in a beautiful hadith that the Prophet ﷺ said that As-salawat al-khams wal jum'ah ila al-jum'ah wa ramadhan ila ramadhan mukaffirat ma baynahum idha ishtanabt al-kabair. The Prophet ﷺ says that the five daily prayers so when you pray five times a day, between every prayer, you're actually cleaning the minor sins, not the major. Now, we're not talking about the major now. We're talking about minor sins. So if you pray uh, Fajr, and then you go pray Dhuhr, whatever between them, now when you have sincerity when it comes to prayers, of course, 
you're actually all the minor sins in the middle gets wiped away. Clean slate. Can you imagine this? That's why it's important, my dear brothers and sisters, to pray five times a day. And then to the next day. And then to the next day. And then to the next day. Now, let's say this is on a daily scale, right? Okay. Let's have it on a weekly scale. From Jummah, you know, the Jummah prayer, the Friday prayer, to the Friday prayer. This is authentic hadith. When you pray the Jummah, this 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 uh, this Jummah, and then you go pray the next Jummah, but whatever happened, whatever the minor sins between the two Jummahs get gets wiped clean. Now, when you fast Ramadan, this is on a yearly scale. Now, when you fast Ramadan, and then you fast the the Ramadan after, so like you fast Ramadan twenty twenty, and then you try to and you fast Ramadan twenty twenty one. All the minor sins between this Ramadan and the next year Ramadan are gone. Subhanallah. Now, when we talk about the minor sins, minor sins could be anything. Looking in a certain way at someone. Talking down to someone. Uh, saying something mean. Do, we do stuff that are considered to be sins. We don't even realize them. But we do them anyway. You know? So that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has this automatic system, mechanism of cleaning, cleansing your, your minor sins. You don't even have to know what the sins are. You just pray the five daily prayers to so the five daily prayers, you're done. Whatever between those two days, done. You know what I mean? Now let's talk about uh, major sins. Now, what's mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah as a major sin is considered to be a major sin. So, for example, let's talk about, there's a lot of examples uh, of, of, of major sins. The first category or the first example of the major sins are the something called the seven destructive sins. or The Prophet ﷺ told us a hadith. So now, if a hadith says this is major sin, it's a major sin. If the Quran says it's a major sin, it's a major sin. Sometimes hadith mentions stuff that are not mentioned in the Quran. Quran is mentioned stuff that is not mentioned in the hadith. You combine all of them and these are your major sins. So the Prophet says, Avoid the seven destructive sins. What are those sins? Number one, shirk. We talked about that. And that's the only sin that's, if you die upon, unforgivable. So it's a major sin, but it's still also unforgivable if you die upon it. Number two, hear, 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 hear this out. Sihr, sorcery. Black magic does exist, by the way. You could do sorcery. Just believe it or not. For those of you who think this is like uh, some sort of like uh, superstition or whatever, no, it's not. Black magic exists, and it basically involves dealing with the worlds of the demons or the jinn, what we call in Arabic or in Islam, jinn who are in our culture called demons. Demons do exist, and I'm going to have a full, inshallah, probably two episodes, uh, two-part episodes about jinn or demons in Islam and uh, everything we need to know about them. Uh, but for now, committing sorcery or witchcraft or black magic, whatever, is a major sin. And people used to do it in the times of the Prophet ﷺ. Not so much now. Some people still do it now, but not as much, and it's not as much obvious as before. Number three, killing someone unjustly. What do you mean killing someone unjustly? Meaning not in a battlefield or not defending yourself. You know, like, you know, sometimes to protect yourself, uh, you take someone's life, not wanting to, but you have to because otherwise you're going to die or in a battlefield. Anything else. Look, it's a major sin for those who think Islam promotes violence or promotes killing. It's in our hadith and it's also in the Quran. Killing someone unjustly, and the word unjustly means not in a battlefield, not to protect your family or yourself, is a major sin. Not forgiving. Uh, I mean, it, it could be forgiven, but my point is, it's a major sin. Number four, usury. That's what I was talking about regarding purchasing homes and paying interest and whatnot. Usury is a very, very dangerous thing. Wallahi, I have battles every single day for people asking me to buy a house. And I'm like, i just not going to. I can't. Alhamdulillah, we're renting, so we're good. You know? Sometimes you have to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
by living a little bit, just a tiny bit uncomfortable, so you could get the reward in the in the hereafter, inshallah. So that's number four, usury. Number five, taking away an orphan's wealth. Oh boy, this is so bad. Stealing or taking. So, for example, it happens between family members, your nephew, for example, uh, his parents or your niece, their parents die. And you try to steal their money. It's a big deal. Uh, I'm going to like throw a little bit of a joke, but it's something. Like if you guys watch Lemony Snickets and a series of unfortunate events. So basically what this guy does is literally <laughs> one of the major sins I know. I didn't mean it as a joke, but it's an example. Like he's trying to steal their you know, money and their wealth or whatever. So if he was a Muslim, he's basically committing a major sin. You know? Um, so that's number five. Taking away an orphan's wealth. Number six, fleeing the battlefield. So if you're on a battlefield, war, a justified war, and you decide to abandon your army and run away, it's a major sin. Number seven, which is the, the final one, slandering women of the believers. So if you go to a Muslim woman uh, and you say bad stuff about her, slandering, say stuff that she never done. Oh, she, she hooks up with these guys or she does drugs or whatever and she hasn't done any of this, it's a major sin upon you. So that's one way. So that this is seven. There's a lot more major sins mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah, but we'll talk about that. So these are the first seven basically, right? Another another thing uh, the Prophet said in hadith, أَنْ يَسُبُّ أَوْ يَلْعَنَ الرَّجُلْ or أَبَوَيْهِ when you curse uh, about about a so when you curse someone else's parents, when you call someone son of a something, you, you don't mean it. It's a cultural thing, right? But you're not supposed to because that person would respond to you and be like, "No, you are the son of a so and so." Also, false false testimony when you go to court and you lie, or you uh, become a witness. Um, on something and you lie as a witness major sin stealing is a major sin believe it or not you steal from people major sin adultery we all know premarital sex major sin drinking alcohol eating pork mentioned this is all actually mentioned in in in, in verses right next to each other Eating pork, eating dead animal, eating not halal food. Allah says in the Quran, eat halal food. Dabiha. The stuff that Allah, Allah's name was mentioned upon it. That's why the only good type of food that we also can eat beside halal food is kosher. Because this is the food of people of the book. And the name of God was mentioned upon it. But anything else, McDonald's, Burger King, you don't know who when the slaughtering of the animal had actually you don't even know that the animal was slaughtered majority of them they kill the animals before they skin them or they slaughter them they're like they get shocked to death or like they kill them they snap their necks whatever the chicken or you know there's documentaries about this so that actually makes it haram forbidden type of food because it's called mita mita is dead meat you're eating an animal that was dead before slaughtering it's actually forbidden for us to eat stuff like that and then again, this is one another controversial issue that a lot of Muslims got so comfortable with eating non-halal food that when you tell them, they say, it's, but it's food from the people of the book. It's not who serves you the food. It's how the animal was slaughtered. That's the word when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means by the people of the book. You know, kosher food, they, they, they slaughter the animal and they uh, kill the animal in a certain way and mentioning the name of God. That's why it's kosher. That's why it's very unique. You know, that's why Muslims actually supposed to like are, are permitted or allowed to eat kosher food. But any type of other type of meat, you don't know the source of it. It could be well like dead before, and they definitely do not mention the name of God before they eat. You don't know that. So if you don't know something, avoid it. Right? Stay away. The Prophet always tells us stay away from the gray area. When there's something that's ambiguous, just don't 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 get involved with it. Just follow the you know the more strict, <coughs> clear path. <coughs> Backbiting is a major sin. Backbiting actually is a really dangerous sin, by the way, guys. 
backbiting is so dangerous you have no idea because you do it and yeah, you're just talking you know i'm expressing how i feel about that person behind their back it's such a bad sin because let me tell you the prophet one time he was sitting with the companions and he told them this he asked them this do you guys know who is the bankrupt somebody who's bankrupt so they responded oh prophet yeah it's somebody who lost all their money the prophet smiles and says no it's someone who prays five times a day fasts ramadan pays a cap pay, pay even like uh obligate uh, uh voluntarily sadaqah charity talk good with people good to hear to, 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 to his or her parents good muslims then they backbite people you start building this investment of good deeds in this life but you ruin it by backbiting you know what happens to people who backbite on the day of judgment when you're having mashallah tons of good deeds because this is how you're going to meet Allah, right? Either good deeds or sins, or a mix of both. Then you said something about your friend, X, for example. X of your friends, you said something bad about him or her. They come to you, and they say, oh, you said this and this and this about me behind my back. I need some of your good deeds, some of your hasanat. So Allah takes from your good deeds that right amount, the right portion that you committed the backbiting with and gives it to that person. Now, imagine if you talk bad about many people. Some people actually will be emptied out of good deeds and now you have no more good deeds and you talked bad about so many people, but you did not fulfill everyone. You didn't give everyone your good deeds. You know what happens? When you run out of good deeds and you talked about so many people, let's say you have 10 people left. And you ran out of good deeds. You gave all your good deeds to the people that you were back, you know, biting. What happens? They start giving you from their bad deeds, from their sins. And you carry way more sins than you ever carried in your whole life. So you carry their sins. That's how bad, guys. Back biting is so dangerous. Wallahi, it's so dangerous. Because it's the easiest major sin to do. Drinking alcohol is a big deal. Committing adultery is a big deal. You feel the sin. This one you don't. You're just expressing, quote-unquote, expressing your feelings. It's so bad. Be careful. Now, killing people is a major sin, whether they're Muslims or not, by the way. Taking a human life unjustly, like we said, not in a battlefield, is a major sin. Those who cheat when it comes to, you know, trading. You're like, uh, you're selling milk and you mix the milk with water to, you know, make more money. Major sin. Major sin. So Allah, there's a lot of major sins that are mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah, and I just gave you, I think, most of them, you know? So be aware, my, 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 my dear brothers and sisters. Now, do not belittle minor sins. Do not belittle minor sins. Because you, keep, you can keep piling up minor sins, and you're not expiating them by, you know, performing the five daily prayers, or doing, you know, the Jummah prayer, the Friday prayer, or... They get piled up and they are going to become very, very dangerous in your scale. You know, the Prophet ﷺ made a little experiment and he said what? Let's eat a meal. So get me something so we can, you know, make fire and we have a cooked meal. So every companion, there's a lot of companions, they went and they got little, you know, uh, little pieces of wood, uh, little pieces of this and that, you know, so they can let it on fire. And they did. And the Prophet told them, look at this. From very little pieces of wood you brought individually, when you gathered them together, it made a huge fire, and we're eating from it. So that's an example of piling up small or minor sins. It's not a good idea. Not a good idea at all. Now, that doesn't mean that we cannot sin. We're sinless. That's impossible. Just be aware of your sins and try to expiate them as soon as possible by doing the automatic stuff that I told you or by just saying Astaghfirullah or I repent to Allah. The beauty of Islam, my dear brothers and sisters, and I'm going to end with that. The beauty of Islam is you can easily repent from your sins. You don't have to confess. You don't have to go to a priest, for example, like Christianity. You don't have to go to a rabbi. You don't have to go confess your sins to anybody. Your sins are between you and Allah. That's the beauty of Islam. No one actually is supposed to know your sins. Believe it or not, promoting your sins in, in itself is sinning. Did you know that? Promoting your sins is sinning. The Prophet ﷺ says, 
All sins are forgiven, but the worst ones that Allah does not forgive, we're not talking about on a scale of shirk here. We're talking about like those that you boast about. You go and tell people your business, basically. Oh, look, dude, like yesterday I was drinking. It was so much fun. Allah hates this so much because it's not just you're sitting. It's not only that you're sinning. You're promoting your sin. You're making more people either think about it or do it. You're exposing yourself. And you're, if you're being boastful, it's even worse. Your sins are supposed to be between you and your Lord until you fix them. That's the beauty of our religion. Allah tells you. Allah actually tells you. Like this is the famous story about Moses. Peace be upon him. Moses was uh, in a village, you know, with, 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 with the tribe of the children of Israel, the Jews, right? And then one of them, and then they used to, you know, farm and do this stuff. And then all of a sudden the rain stopped. For days and days the rain stopped and people started to panic. So they went to Moses and they said, Oh, Moses, talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We want to know what's going on. Why did Allah prevent the rain from, you know, deprived us from the rain? So Moses goes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asks him, Oh, Allah, what happened? So Allah tells him, Amongst you is a sinner. Someone who keeps sinning and he insists on his sin. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not mention what the sin was. He just said, amongst you is a sinner. And I'm not going to bring you back this rain until the sinner comes forward and admits his sin. Look at this. I'll tell you right now. They have to, you know, apologize. So Moses goes back to his people and he starts telling them that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told him. Guys, we need to understand there is one amongst us who commits, keeps committing, insists on committing sins. So they need to repent. Come forward and please save us. So the person in the crowd realizes it's him. So he keeps, he makes secret dua to Allah. He tells Allah, oh Allah, please let this pass. And I promise you, I'm not going to do this sin again. Allah knows he was sincere. So Allah brings back the rain. So people are shocked. Why the rain is back? Nobody came forward and said anything. So Moses goes, look how this beautiful this is. Moses, peace be upon him, goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and tell, asks him, Oh Allah, did, did, did something happen? You, you brought back the rain? And Allah says, yeah, the, the sinner has repented and I accepted his repentance. Look how simple it was, literally. Oh Allah, please forgive me. He was sincere in his heart. He didn't have to do anything insane or sacrifice any animal. Or any No, simple repentance yet was sincere. So Moses is curious. He says, oh Allah, can you tell me who, which one it was? I'm like really curious now. So look at this beautiful, beautiful response of Allah. And of course it's beautiful because it's Allah. He says, I covered it up for them while they were sinning. I did not expose them while they were sinning. Do you want me to expose them now after they repented? Look at Allah. Response. Learn. They were sinning, and I didn't tell you who it was. And now they repented. You want me to tell you? Subhanallah. Bottom line is, your sin needs to be between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah forgives every single sin. We just have to repent. It's not that hard. There is hope. I love how Islam, our religion, is, has so much hope. And it's not false hope. It's hope. It's a promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah loves it when we go back to him. Allah loves it when we sin and we go back to him. Allah doesn't love it when we sin. But Allah loves it when we sin because he knows certain people go back to him. Because think about it. If you're not a sinner, if you're not a sinner, why would you feel the need to beg Allah for forgiveness? You don't. Oh, I'm not a sinner. I'm good. Allah actually likes people who sin. There's actually Allah says, subhanAllah, Allah says that if there is a, 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 a group of people, a tribe, right? Or a group of people, and none of them sins, I will replace those people. Believe it or not, I will replace those people with sinners who I know they will repent and come back to me. Because it shows how much you need Allah. You need His forgiveness. There is beauty in sinning. No. Don't misquote me when you are 
knowing when you know that you're sinning and you feel bad about it and you repent from it believe it or not our religion tells you no matter what you did you can always be forgiving as long as you're sincere about it as long as you feel bad about it now major sins we talked about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expiates the minor sins, you know, the automatic mechanism. But how about the major sins? Like we just mentioned, all the sins that we just mentioned, alcohol, adultery, whatever. Don't worry. There's a way out of it. You have to repent sincerely. Now, these sins, the major sins, do not get expiated or wiped clean automatically. Major sins do not go away automatically like minor sins. You have to acknowledge your sin because they're technically obvious. They're not your daily sins that you do that you're not knowing about. You acknowledge your sin. You repent sincerely to Allah with the intention of not doing it ever again. Even if you do it later and you, you get weaker. But while you're repenting, you know that you'll never do it again. And that's all it takes for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive your major sin. Wallahi, there is, I've never seen something more beautiful. This was what Satan told Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He told Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I promise you. Look at how disrespectful he was, or he is. As long as I'm breathing, I will, uh, I will uh, tempt the children of Adam, meaning human beings. I will tempt them into committing sins. And what did Allah say? Well, as long as you breathe, right? Because Allah is eternal. I will forgive every single one of them. Unless those who don't want to be forgiven basically. Who don't care. So don't worry. Allah will always forgive us as long as we're sincere. As long as we admit our mistakes. And we have knowledge inshallah. So I hope that uh, this episode was uh, beneficial to all of you. It was certainly researching it and, and reading upon it was beneficial to me. Alhamdulillah. And this is all praise and thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the knowledge that we all have and we're all getting and inshallah we'll talk about different topics in the upcoming uh, episodes uh, thank you so much thank you so so much for listening wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh